Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I'd love, I'd love for you to uh, listen to this morning's podcast, and it's about Jesus, it's about the Lord, um, and the message that the Word became flesh, and because God became flesh, He experienced life, and it was real life. He even, in fact, experienced the horrors of life, and we talked about the school shooting this morning, and He understands that, He, under, he understands, God, Jesus is a God of feeling, He's at the right hand of the Father. He, he, he came, he died, he rose, he's at the right hand of the Father. I say that again. He died, uh, he came, he, he showed us who God was, he personified the radiance and the glory of God. No sin on him, there's never been anyone like him, no guru, no uh, man of God has there ever been like Jesus. He was absolutely the personification of God and is God. And he showed the glory. He actually proved to us that we can carry the glory of God. And I talked about my experiencing, my experience of actually seeing and witnessing certain men of God, Tommy Teeny, Rodney Howard Brown, certain people that carried a sense of glory. We can actually carry the glory of God. And Jesus proved that we can carry the glory. And that's worth for you to, to, to you know, uh, maybe contemplate that you can have more of God. The, the first miracle is that you can have God, that you can be saved. You can be um, impregnated with the incorruptible seed, salvation, supernaturally like Mary was. And uh, Mary was supernaturally uh, given a seed, a baby. Jesus, the Gabriel said, and this... This son will be, needs to be called Jesus because he will be the savior of the world. And so the Holy Spirit allowed that to happen. Just remember that the Holy Spirit is so important for God to conceptualize things in your life, Ollie. If you want more of your life, more dreams, more visions, and more, more of who you are in God, you need to have the Holy Spirit brooding over your life. That's how God creates things, by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. Is this good for someone? Be, be very close to the Holy Spirit. Accommodate the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you want to do religion, you just have a belief system in God. And you just walk your own way. You just live your own life. And, and, and it's nice, but it's not effectual. Amen? But if you want to be bigger in God, if you want to carry the glory in God. And I didn't get around to saying some of the things this morning. But I will round it off with just a couple of scriptures, then I'll start my message. That actually we can shine. That I'm hoping next Sunday that this church will be shining. My altar has changed somewhat since my daughter got married and we had grandkids. And it's a beautiful thing. I love it. It's why, it's why I, it, was, it was my heart and passion to put this church in its own building. I wanted this church, you and you and you and you, to have your own place of abiding 
where the landlord wouldn't come and turf you out and you know what I mean where you could just party all night for Jesus and worship God all night for Jesus and we could have large events out in that paddock I want to see the day when we put on large-scale events amen and we bring in the new Billy Graham whoever that is maybe Ollie maybe Ollie amen he's going to Bible college this year maybe we'll set set a big stage up for him invite all the natives see how he goes one of the things I said this morning was that Jesus is, 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 God knows us, Father God knows us, but Jesus is at the right hand of the Father now through all the experience of what he did in life and, and, and just his whole, the whole drama of Jesus' life and how, what he went through, the, the betrayal, the, the injustice and the horrific way he died. He understands the brutality of, of the bad news that we're hearing. And he is at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you. He's saying, Father, you don't understand what it's like down there almost. This might mess with some of your doctrine, but Father God knows us. But Father God didn't come and die on a cross and walk in the flesh. Jesus did that. But hang on, Jesus is God. It's all cool. But Jesus did that. He came. Jesus came and lived the life on this planet and lived an exemplary life and showed us what it was to be in total communion and total harmony with our God. Yeah. And in that, he displaced darkness. Demons would flee. Even as he walked through a town, if he walked through Wyong, demons would crumble under the weight of his glory, would fall to his knees, would fall to their knees and beg for for forgiveness, uh, for, for deliverance. Jesus carried this enormity of the reality of the kingdom of God around his life. It's like when some people walk into a, a, a room or, a, you know, a place you can feel it for good or for bad. Well, I heard a testimony of a bank robber in South America. We heard him speak. He's a, he's a minister of God now. And he said, I would walk into a, a, a bank because I was so given over to the powers of darkness, people, I would walk up to the counter and I'd say, give us your money. They would be crippled in fear. And apparently, anyway, apparently he just had this incredible persuasion about him. People would do as he said. But you know, it's the, it can be the other way too. If you've got lots of God in you, Whatever situation you walk into, into that ward where your sick friend is, into your classroom, into your workplace, you can displace darkness and you can bring about the sweet presence of God, the essence of God. The Bible says we're like a sweet fragrance. How, do you, how does that happen? Um, John 1.16 in the Amplified Version says it like this, and it's just finishing off. What I was saying this morning, I just paraphrased basically what I said this morning. For out of his fullness, abundance, we, that's us, we have all received, all had, all had a share, a share. We were all supplied. I'll read it from this version, might be better. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share. And we were all supplied with one grace after another. See, Andrew's right when he's saying we've been expensively blessed 
<laughs> We've been absolutely blessed with grace. And here it is. It says it here. We were all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Oh, my God. And it says in Ephesians 3.19, if we could have your version, please, guys. Ephesians 3.19, it says it like this. It says, thank you, Jesus. Tell me when they get it up there. Yeah. That you may really come to know. Oh, please let more people come to know this expensive radical grace that is available through Christ Jesus this Christmas. Who's with me on that? I drove here from my place. I looked in the backyard. I couldn't help it. It was on the high side of the road. And I looked and I saw a mother playing with the kids. But I was hoping, I was thinking, that's great. But I hope that mother is bringing her child to the fullness of this magnificent salvation. Mums have an incredible ability to wrap their children up in love and be protective and love on them. And I think but too at the same time, some mums and some of us are shrinking back in fear and trying to keep our children and even try and keep our lives away from the world and in doing that away from God. Do you know what I'm saying? We're shrinking back into our homes. We don't know our neighbors anymore. We don't even know our workmates anymore. Everything's very measured. We don't want to buy into anyone's life. We don't want to be burdened by anyone. We just think about ourselves. Is that right? Is that what's, that's why community is breaking down. That you may really come to know practically, in a practical way, through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest, richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled. There it is. And that is Jesus right there. He was wholly filled with God. We can, we can believe that you be more filled in God. Don't you love him? You just want to wrap him up and give him a big hug, don't you? He's our new, new kid on the block. He's adventurous. He's going to preach one day. I'm reading this still. And become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's how we begin to radiate. We're flooded and filled. Who wants to be flooded and filled tonight with God? Put up your hand. Who's, uh, no, just, just a little bit. Just, just, someone, where's the little cup? Uh, look, could you just, just fill it up just half? Like, just, could you just give me half? Or, or who's like, can, I, can you just fill it up, man? Just fill it right up. Thanks. Fill it. I'm good for that. I'm good. Or just say, look, could you just give me a little bit? Just enough to get to heaven. Could you just give me a little bit just to inoculate me so I don't have to go to hell? Uh, please, just, just, can, I, can, I, can I just get that little bit? I don't want too much of this. But, but who's going, look, I need more. I want, to be, I want to be more resplendent. I want to be more, I want to show forth the glory. I, I, I want to walk into a room and show forth the glory. I want to give hope to, I want to carry hope. I want, I want to carry the reality of who Christ is. The word became flesh. In the Old Testament, God was seen through the law and the law didn't, couldn't completely show who God was. And, and God showed himself through theophanies. He turned up visibly in certain s stories of the Bible. 
and God showed himself through the Ten Commandments, and that was God. And then there was the Shekinah glory, and, and the Israelites were following the glory, and they could see God a little bit through that. But God was never fully explained in the Old Testament. And God is not fully explained through the law. Jesus came, and he was truth, and he was grace. Grace meaning, just imagine a big smile like this guy here. Is it Nick? Yeah, Nick. You've got a great smile, buddy. I wish we could bottle that and export it, man. Because you've just got this smile. You're just like, it's great. Some people can smile easily. I value it. I had to practice smiling. <laughs> no. You look in the mirror. You go, no. No, that's not, that's not going to work. You've got to practice it. You've got to practice being friendly. You do. You've got you to practice God's presence in you and, and you've got to reveal Him. But the only way that you'll do that is with a courageousness of thought and attitude of heart to say, I'm going public for Jesus. I could cop a few cheap shots and be misinterpreted, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be scary. I'm going to accept people. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to greet them with you know, unconditional love, agape love. I'm not going to measure people up. I'm going to engage them. I'm going to engage the world. That's a beautiful place to be. Jesus was able to just put it all on display in the sense of the glory. The glory that he has was this honor of his father, God. He had such honor, Jesus had such honor, that people could see it. You know people can see if you really honor Jesus? If you really honor God and if you really... It, 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 because you become what you worship. If you worship God, you become... He, his image becomes more recognizable in you. If you worship sport, you look like a sportsman maybe. Or it works out. Some people worship their dogs and they end up looking like their dogs or something. They do. They look like their little chihuahua or something. I don't know. <laughs> they do. We, we do. We, we become what we worship. We must go back to Jesus. He has shown us the Father. He is the truth. Herod said, Show us the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is personification of God in truth. But he came with this. He came with grace. And grace is like this huge, big, overwhelming, caring, loving. I know you're not perfect, but you know what? It's okay. Grace. You know, I know you're not the absolute wonderful person Maybe you want to be. Do you know what? I'm not interested in that. I'm just loving you, who you are right now. And Jesus was able to do that. And Jesus was full of grace. Now, this grace is hard to understand, but it's so magnificent that if you encountered it right now, you would be bowled over by it. You would find yourself weeping on the floor. You would be so overcome by it that you would literally have such an encounter with God and His love. Because His love you've not felt. 
the divine love, your felt worldly love, but God's divine love is amazing. And that love is what the world needs. It needs the love of God. It needs grace and truth, the truth of who Jesus is. But grace is absolutely what Jesus come to give. Now, um, thank God for Christmas. Say thank God for Christmas. Woo! Three things that, that Jesus or God wanted to give us through uh, the word becoming flesh. Let's have a look at that scripture again. John 1, 14, 15. We probably won't be able to give too much more than that. John 1, 14, 15. I'll, get, I'll read your version. Thanks, guys. If I could have that. Yeah. The word became flesh. Okay. So here's Jesus. He's, he's a mystery in the Old Testament. God, in fact, is a mystery through the Old Testament. It just, just was. God had not fully explained himself in those times. When this event called Christmas happened, Bethlehem, the birth of Jesus, this was God profoundly putting an exclamation mark. Boom. This is me. Jesus was born. Okay? The word, if you back it up into verse 1, if we could go back it up into verse 1, I might just do that if I could. Verse 1, 1, chapter 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay. Yes, and the next one, thanks. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. And the next one, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Okay, finished that. That's it. Now go back to my 14, verse 14. So Jesus is the word. The word needs to come to planet earth. And be explained. God needs to be explained through Jesus. The word became flesh. Who? Jesus became flesh. So when they looked at the, the crib, when they looked in a manger, there's Jesus, baby Jesus. It was God. It was God. It was the word now in flesh is Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. Dwelling means this. <laughs> dwelling means this. That he pitched a tent amongst us. He pitched a tent in the backyard of humanity. It actually means that. That dwelling means he tabernacled amongst us. Tabernacled means um, that he hung out with us. And I talked about Jesus not coming in a palace with walls around it where he was not available. But Jesus came in a tent Meaning that it was a personable thing. When we go camping from my highly fortified house and I go to this camp place, which is just Farrellsville. Forget Julie putting makeup on. It doesn't work there. So you, you just got to mix it up with everyone. And, you know, there's just one toilet block and some great beach there and... But you, you, you're in contact with these people. You can't help but say hi to your neighbor. 
They might even borrow, want to borrow something from you. They might even ask you while you're waxing up your board, what do you think the waves are going to be like? This was actually like Jesus. Jesus didn't come to a palace. Jesus came to camp like we did. And I said this this morning in 95 when Rodney Howard Brown came to um, Brookvale, C3 Brookvale, we asked to stay in Julie's sister's northern beaches backyard in a tent with the three kids. And they said, what are you talking about? Now, we need to get to this meeting for a whole week. We can't afford accommodation. This is in 95. We want to set a tent up in your, not a very big backyard. It was around Coleroy, around there somewhere. And no, we, we want to just set up a tent in the backyard. And we will not have to use your toilet. Maybe we'll have to use your fridge. But yeah, sure. But so what's happening again? Oh, we're going to see this revivalist, this international revivalist. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever. We're going to work. We, we'll be at work. You do what you've got to do. We set a tent up. But we ended up becoming more personable with Julie's family. And we ended up did using their facilities. And that's exactly like Jesus. Jesus didn't come as this big shot or someone, you know, removed from the people. He hung out with the people. He dwelt with the people. Emmanuel, God with us. He lived like us, but he was sinless, right? He, he came and lived this life, so he understands you. That's what I was trying to say this morning. He understands our plight. He understands our heartache. He understands our frustration. So when he's at the right hand of the Father, he is praying for you with the understanding and the feelings of knowing what you're going through. All that you're going through, he understands it. He understands what's happening in Connecticut with the school tragedy. He understands that. He's a God of understanding. This is why I love Jesus. Can we just read, continue on, 14, 15. I can need to continue on with that scripture. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. Okay. Um, we meaning John who wrote the scripture, but John and the, and the, uh, the apostles, the 10, 12 uh, disciples, meaning really only 10 because Judas didn't. He couldn't see who Jesus really was and betrayed him. But even Mary Magdalene, um, the other uh, disciples... John including, they could see Jesus and the glory. We have seen his glory. Now this came about by intimacy with God, intimacy with Jesus. Um, I said this morning that um, the religious rulers couldn't see the glory. The lawyers couldn't see, the Pharisees couldn't see the glory. The crowd couldn't see the glory. All they could see was a miracle worker, a, a prophet maybe, a so-called king. They couldn't see the glory. Can I just say this? We need to see the glory of Jesus. We need to see the glory. We need to see the magnificence of who he is. Not just a good teacher, not just a prophet. We need to see, because it says here, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, 
I'll nail it with a couple of scriptures because my time is gone. Amen? Whew. Okay, 1 John 1, 2. I hope, guys, you can... I know I'm darting about a little bit. This quote, this one quote I really love. Jesus is God spelling himself out in a language that man can understand. John 1, 14. I love that description. From John 1.14, Jesus is God spelling himself out in a language that man can understand. But can you give me 1 John 1, chapter 1, 1 to 2, tell me when it's up there. 1 John chapter 1, 1 to 2, and I'll nail it with a couple of scriptures. Uh, thanks guys. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have heard, which we have seen, they've seen Jesus. You've got to see Jesus. With our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Verse 2. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. This is an amazing revelation of who the Son of God was. Okay, you need some more, don't you? Okay, let's check this out. Hebrews 1.3. Can I have that? Thanks, Sam. Hebrews 1.3. I'm trying to get a point across here. Thanks, guys. To the fact that if we see Jesus, we can change. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Still not there. Still haven't got it. You need more, don't you? Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Romans 8, 3 to 4. Tell me when it's there. I'm nearly done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. For what the law was powerless to do. See, the law's great. Cam was speaking, and I was speaking about people who love the law. It's great, the Word of God, the Old Testament. But it's a shadow. It, it's powerless to get us to heaven. You can study the Old Testament till the cows come home. But it's powerless. All it tells you is that you fall short of the glory of God. That's all the law does. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, so that He condemned sin. In a sin. Basically, it means this. It means this. Where the law was weak, God's grace is strong. Grace says that I know that you will not be perfect, so I will make up the difference if you belong to me. The law was about do, grace was about done. I love that. The grace of God can change the world. When Paul experienced the grace of God, he was a changed man. When you experience God's saving grace, you too will be changed person. Many of us do not think that we need God's grace because we do not have a proper understanding of ourselves. We compare ourselves to each other instead of Jesus. But the Bible says in Romans 2, 3.23, 
but all have fallen short of the glory of God. When you stand and see Jesus in his glory, you then realize, oh my God, I fall short. And this is one of the key things why people find themselves on the outer and, and being self-sufficient in their own self-righteousness, thinking, I'm a decent person. What's wrong with me? I do this, I do that, but still those people fall short. And it's the saddest thing to see good people not coming to Jesus. Good people not recognizing that they need Jesus. They need this grace. The religious leaders in, in, in the day thought they could get to heaven by good works and by the law. And Jesus said, you cannot. You need to accept the Son of God and who He is. Now, Two Corinthians three eighteen. Let's let's do that one. Okay. And we, that's us, the church right now, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'll say that again. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed as they looked upon Jesus, they were changed. Isaiah was changed. Moses was changed. Abraham was changed. Paul was changed in an instant because he saw the glory of God. Can I have the scripture now in John 1, 14? And we're going to read from there and that'll be me. The word became flesh, made his dwelling amongst us. He understands us. He knows what it means to live this life. Jesus, Jesus is a God of understanding. He knows your plight. He knows your frustration. He knows your challenges. He knows you. He became flesh. He's lived the life. We have seen his glory. Jesus was resplendent in glory because he honored God the Father. He was so complete but so um, obedient in him that he carried the fullness of God. There was no gray areas in Jesus. There was no dull spots. There was no depressions. There was no duplicity. There, there was no error. He was truth personified and grace personified. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father. Here it is. Who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He came from God, full of grace and truth. Just hold there. Other religions, mankind has tried to get their way to heaven through religions because we have this, this hunger in our soul for it to be filled with the loving God that we know to be Jesus. Man has concocted many religious ways and many religions to earn, to try and appease that. New, new Age think it's just a force. The Hindus believe in something, a faceless God. And, but Jesus came as the personal expression of our God. If you want to know more about God, if you want to become more like Him and be filled of Him, study the Scriptures. Study who Jesus is. Study who this magnificent Savior is. Born 2,000 years ago, the Word became flesh. 
and lived an extraordinary life, performed miracles, died on a cross for our sin, paid the price of an impure life, a, a life that was diseased with sin. Jesus said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pay the price. My sinless sacrifice will pay the ultimate cosmic price forevermore. And whoever believes in him has salvation. And whoever recognizes his glory will be transformed. You can be just one glimpse of his glory. You've heard Pastor Julie's testimony in Singapore in a hotel, had a glimpse of glory. She was never the same again. When I met her in 84, she was spoiled for the ordinary. For one thing, she was not going back to the world. Another thing, she was a God chaser. She was on a quest to please God. That glimpse of the glorious Christ is what you and I need and everyone needs. Please don't just look at your Christmas card and think, oh, he's so meek and mild and so cute. And You've got to look. Actually, Bethlehem, Jesus was actually born into a war zone. Babies were being killed everywhere through Bethlehem because Satan was trying to take out Jesus. A little bit like what's happening in Connecticut, taking out those young lives, Satan all over that. Satan taking out young lives. Can I be as explicit as that? Bethlehem is just not like some nice shepherds and some nice little reindeers and sheep and you know Christmas card setting. Babies were being taken out by Herod because Satan knew the Savior was going to be born. It was a war zone. We're in a war zone now, guys. We need Christ more than any time in history. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, I know there's people in the house that need surety, need hope, need love. I want to pray for someone, anyone in the house and give them a free gift of salvation. I want to give you grace and truth. Before we just lift that music up, with eyes closed in the house, Jesus come to give us the ultimate gift, the gift of life, the gift that the gift that allows us to blow it, to fall short of the glory of God. The gift that allows us to walk through life with our head held high. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Do you think Christ would have paid that, that great price for you to condemn you now? No. He loves you entirely, dearly. He's immensely, amazingly in love with you. He loves you. He loves you. And He's just grace after grace gift after gift of grace he wants to every day he's blessing you with the gift of life there's so much so much Jesus has done for you in your life if you only knew it that your life is a gift if you only knew it that you're alive because of him he holds you together it's a miracle that you're alive and on that note I just want to say to anyone in the house if you value your life but if you value eternal life, I would love to pray a short prayer for you to usher you by faith into your salvation. Just this sureness of heart and soul that you are right with God. It's a free gift. You don't have to jump through loops of religion like we did in the Old Testament. Jesus came once and for all.
paid a price for our sin, for our life, to live forever in the presence of God. If you need that, Jesus, Jesus wants to protect you. He wants to bless you, provide for you, love you all the days of your life. But the Bible says you've got to confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord. You simply got to acknowledge him. Now, if that's you, if you recognize the first Christmas gift as salvation, and you want that gift for this Christmas season in your life, maybe the best thing that you can do is give him your life tonight in this house of God. Maybe that's why you're here tonight. Maybe somehow, some way, you found yourself in the presence of God. And now, right now, you're teetering on the edge of saying yes to Jesus. Would your friend just whisper to you right now, if you've got a friend that you know that needs this prayer, could you just whisper to them now what's going on? They may need some understanding or explanation of what we're going to, about to do. We're going to say a prayer, prayer of salvation probably one or two people in the house that just simply need to say yes to Jesus. We call this becoming a Christian, being born again, giving our life over to God and trusting in Him. If that's you tonight, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love the honor to pray for you. If that's you and you're in the house, if your heart is thumping, if the Holy Spirit is powerfully blessing you right now, maybe you just need to say, Jesus, I believe in you. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to get all religious. You just simply need to recognize His presence in your life. If that's you tonight in the house of God, maybe this Christmas season you want to shout yourself the greatest gift of all time, salvation. If that's you, everyone in the house begin praying. There's someone teetering on the edge and there's someone after the count of three maybe going to say yes to Jesus. Next Sunday, we're going to do a short gospel message and we're going to believe next Sunday people are going to be saved by grace into the family of God, into the church, the worldwide family of God family that has said yes to Jesus. If that's you and you're in the house right now with eyes closed on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and I would love to say a prayer for you. You don't have to be in doubt of your salvation. It can begin with you. You can be blessed to be a blessing. You can bless your children, bless your husband, bless your wife. Why don't, why don't you receive this gift tonight, this gift of salvation? If that's you, if you did it a long time ago, but now you're not sure if it's still alive in you and you're not sure if it's still working in you, maybe you need to say it again. Maybe you need to reconfirm Jesus as Lord of your life. It's a first time or a second time, or maybe you just need to do it tonight in this incredible season, the reason of the season, Christ Jesus. You came, Lord, and you showed us who God was, God who immensely loves us and blesses us. On the count of three, one, if this is you, you're in the house right now by faith, with courage in your heart, just, 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 just acknowledge him by putting your hand up on the count of three. One, two, and three. If that's you in the house of God, that's powerful. That's wonderful. Anyone in the house is a free gift of salvation. That's wonderful, sister. That's powerful. That's wonderful. But you know what? There's someone probably else in the house. Let's give it 30 seconds. There's someone else. Right now, there's a window of opportunity for you, my friend, to say yes. We've got to make sure of this. Now listen, when I do this next week, I want everyone in the house to pray. Because next week, we're going to, I think, give a, a salvation message. Are we not? Are we going to do that, Andrew, next week? I think we are. It'll be a much more cuter and much more measured. But tonight, I'm asking in Jesus' name, if there's anyone else in the house, we have a young woman, a precious woman who's saying yes to Jesus. 
You're not in the house by no accident. You're in the house because God led you. It's divine providence, divine will of God. You're in the house from the front to the back, to this side to this side. If you're in the house right now, I wonder if, sis, could you just bring her out? If there's any others, we just want to just, just, yeah, just, it's okay, sister. This is powerful when you do this. When you say, yeah, give her a hand, everyone. Woo! Yeah, awesome. Just stand, stand there. You don't have to look at anyone. Just look at me, and I'll lead you through prayer. Just shut your eyes. Just capture the moment. Everyone's in the house just in this place, this state of, oh, my God. Thank you so much, musicians, for being so tender about this. You know the Bible says that if we confess Jesus Christ is Lord of our life, confess it with our mouth, and believe in our heart that he did live, that he did die, that he did rise, and that he lives at the right hand of the Father, you can be saved. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a supernatural gift. Sister, when you say this prayer supernaturally, you're going to be born again. It's, it's mum, isn't it? Mum's giving a... Wow. So it's daughter and mum. This is your mum? Awesome. Now, in your heart, let's say this prayer together. Everyone in the house, without further ado, just say this prayer. Say every word after me, sister. This is a prayer of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Father God, let's say everyone in the house say it together with her. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross, rose on the third day, lives at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. Help me live my best life. Bless me all the days of my life. Bless my family my children. Bless me, Lord, to be a blessing. I'm saved. I'm set free. I'm bound for glory. But in the meantime, Lord, would you bless me with faith, hope, and love. And the saints say, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's bless you. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.